As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm vexed because of the technical issues we've had, but I'm I'm all right. How are you? I'm I'm all right. Let's hope we can get through this um, episode in one audio file. Um, and we are joined, like part one, uh, with by our friend PD Webb, a friend of the program, our, basically our third host at this point. Uh, so PD, how's it going? Fantastic. Tough. Technical difficulty free. <laughs> yeah, I, I am fortunately the same. So, yeah, uh, we're talking about freshmen who disappointed. Uh, so without rab- rambling, because we want to get through this as quickly as we can, um, let's start with our first guy, who is Boogie Ellis. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds slash lines for their best upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Yeah, I don't really think I watched Boogie Ellis pre-college. Uh, like, I, I knew who he was, um, but I'm not entirely sure I watched him. So, PD, do you want to give your, your take on Boogie Ellis pre-college? Yeah, I mean, Boogie Ellis was, to some degree, the West Coast answer to Trey Mann. Um, it was self-creation off the bounce, deep shooting, uh, a little bit smaller frame, but if you favored uh, scoring guards uh, who could shoot and maybe Trey Mann wasn't your flavor, uh, Boogie Ellis was definitely a, a person that a lot of people gravitated towards. He didn't have quite the same hype in the draft Twitter sphere. Um, I think part of it is that you know being a West Coast guy, that tends to hurt you. And also that he wasn't as aesthetically pleasing in terms of being super shifty or, uh, you know, just having that verve to his game. He took the same uh, degree of difficulty shots, but it was a little bit more scoop and technical finishes. Um, what did you guys think on Boogie? Did, was there any, anything that stood out in terms of a feeling or where you thought he would go? I mean, I, I, I knew of him. Like, I, I know, I think Ross Homan, friend of the program, had mentioned Boogie among the better shooters in the class, uh, and that certainly had appeal. But just from a frame standpoint, I mean, just so bad. He's, I think he's listed at, like, 6'3", 175, and he's definitely not even that big. Um, so that already is a pretty poor starting point. And then you add to that that he was a 1.5 to 1.5 assist-to-turnover guy this year. Um, and didn't even, I mean, like man, didn't even shoot particularly well. 
uh, he'll, I don't know, he'll probably be a solid college scoring guard at some point, but there are so many of those guys. Uh, and then to just not have the added element that man had of the crazy shiftiness kind of, you know, eliminates what appeal there was. Cause I thought like, man, those two skills could work in conjunction to make him a pretty valuable offensive player. But if you just have the shooting and you're even more limited from a physical standpoint, it's a tough sell. Yeah, and Memphis is like already kind of loaded on small guards. Like they have Damien Baugh, like they have Alex Lomax. Um, Lester Quinones is more of a wing, but he's like six foot four. So yeah, I mean, like again, he's just like I, I feel similarly. I, I I don't think I watched him in pre college. Didn't really like him at Memphis. Um, again, just small small sh- small shooters have like such an uphill battle to be like a meaningful NBA player or NBA prospect even. Like, like, it's really hard at that size unless you're, like, really, really elite. And even them, like, it's tough. Like, you look at the guy, like, I don't think any of us are particularly big fans of, like, Emmanuel Quickly, who is, like, close to as good as it gets as, like, a six foot three shooter. And still, like, he's not a guy I value really because it's just so, it's that that's such such a replaceable asset. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, again, not, Boogie Ellis is, like, not someone I, like, have crazy in-depth thoughts on. But again, not someone, not someone I really have any stock invested in either. He shot thirty three point six percent on twos this year. Yeah, I mean, I, he shot I like over a hundred ish threes, but yeah, it was bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, PD, do you have do you have any optimism on Boogie Ellis long term? Um, I have some. I don't think that he. I think he's for sure going to be like a six or seven year NBA guy. Um, I really bought the shooting. NBA U stats has him as like forty five percent on really high volume of threes off the dribble. Uh, the lesson that this really is, is like, I thought that after he was originally committed to Duke, um, which scared me. And then when he, yeah, went to I, Memphis, I think that I got so caught up in, he wasn't going to a fit I didn't like. And instead I bought him going into an unknown fit. <laughs> and so understanding the, that you're betting on the scheme of the player with their stock, as well as the player's abilities. Um, he shot 32.4% from three, uh, this season, uh, you know, finish struggles, the sort of things you can expect from a Memphis fit that was not um, as wonderful as I had hoped. Um, I guess I was hoping for more of, you know, he runs high pick and roll with with Wiseman and Precious, you know, one popping, one rolling uh, for most things. And in the end, he sort of just was a two who uh, got a fair amount of open looks. Um, any takeaways that you two have from, from this year with him? Just small guards, bad. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a, there's a really high bar for small guards. Uh, probably just shooting is not going to be enough because I mean think about it. Like if Cassius Winston were were only able to shoot the way Cassius Winston shoots, he wouldn't really be much of a prospect, and he's like as good of a shooter as you can be. Like, the, the bar is insanely high for guys that small. And granted, like, Boogie Ellis, Trey Mann, they're not as small as Cassius. But, like, I mean, you're talking about, like, Marcus Howard is, like, not really a prospect at all. And, you know, he's, he's again, as crazy, crazy shot, as crazy yeah. of a shooter as you can possibly be. So, just shooting, not enough in a prospect. Uh, you need to be able to do other things. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, the I'm other thing that I will, I will say is, like, a – a thing that can be very intoxicating is uh, really high-level craft finishes in high school. Uh, the downside is when people need high-level craft finishes. Exactly. Th- think about why they're necessary. 
again, just to go back to the, the easy heuristic, show me the easiest buckets that you can get. And looking back at that high school tape, there's a lot of like sidestep threes over people that I wouldn't consider high level competition. Yeah. Um, yeah like I, I'm going to uh, shout out a couple of my pals, uh, Jackson Frank and, and uh, Jack Michael from, from Twitter. Um, like one of Jack's things is that he, he can watch uh, like Instagram highlight uh films and you know if you see in a guy's highlights that he is only ever shooting difficult shots i think this was in reference to terrence clark actually that if if in highlights you're only taking like very contested pull-ups it's probably because you couldn't create space like it's like that that's not necessarily a good thing and like there are there are moments when being a tough shot maker in high school are impressive. Like Jason Tatum is, was like a famously good tough shot maker in high school, but he was also like creating tough shot, create, creating good looks for himself with like insane footwork and really impressive handling and was like creating for others. Like you can't just be a guy who makes tough shots because realistically, like not even the best tough shot, shot makers in the world, like the I don't know, Chris Middleton's Kevin Durant's like, they are not just surviving off of tough shot making. Like that's not a sustainable way to go about things. Michael Beasley says hello. <laughs> current, current net Michael Beasley. Yeah, that. All right. So I think we're going to move on to our next grouping of guys, which are the former Randy, the uh, Randy guys. So that is Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine. So we'll start talking about Scotty Lewis. Um, six foot five, ludicrous athlete, um, has no respect for the concept of gravity. Like just does not, just is an unbelievable leaper. Um, like in the half court in the full court off, off both feet. Um, just so, so good there. So quick, um, on his feet on defense and then has some bursts as well handle it. But outside of being an athlete, he's, he's really pretty raw. On, on both ends like again pretty fairly smart defender uh, but is like like attached to the ball far too much and isn't as high feel as he needs to be um and then offensively i mean i think he got a little better at florida because at ranny his his feel and like court awareness and sense of how to play was just a nightmare um and then at florida i think as the season progressed he got a little better doing things like attacking closeouts and making passes and cutting but still not nearly the level he needs to be um and then shooting, his shooting projection is fine. Um, like he's a solid free throw shooter, but he doesn't really take a lot of threes and doesn't really have any versatility and doesn't really make long twos. So it's murky. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like a really, really great athlete. And I believe he's like older for the class too. He's not super young either. He's, um, yeah, I think he's quite old. Yeah, he's quite old. Um, but yeah, Scotty is like, again, like just a ridiculous athlete, but has a lot of holes. I mean, his size, his level, his lack of functional strength, his, his lack of offensive ability. I think just like people buying too much into like that offense, that, that crazy athleticism was, was got, was got in rank so highly. I would take issue with the idea that Scotty is a smart defensive player. Um, I think he's pretty atrocious off the ball. He kind of plays, he, he honestly plays defense as if he was, taught that like the only thing that matters is what's happening on the ball so he yeah, is totally, he's totally fixated on the ball at all times yeah. like he like without a doubt got back cut more than any other prospect in this entire class and there are some guys who get back cut a lot and like without a doubt scotty was the most like it, it's multiple times a game that he was just giving up like uncontested layups on back cuts um so i think that he's honestly like not even a particularly good defender uh he is he is a crazy athlete he has he plays with a ponzian lack of regard for his, his and others safety um 
and it, it can be very entertaining to watch. Uh, he would, he would, I mean, it's worth mentioning also that he was a guy that was another of these like lottery types among uh, the mainstream. I think draft Twitter, the highest anyone would, had him would have been like late first, may, maybe like early 20s for some people. But even that was a stretch because I mean, he was just like not very good in high school in AAU. Like he, he was a, asked to be a creator and was pretty horrific at it. Just like lots of really awful long twos that missed very badly. Um, I, I definitely had hope that he would have slid into a smaller role at Florida better than he did. But even there, I mean, the decision-making stayed really bad and the, uh, the just like team defense was not good. Um, so um, I don't know. I, I think Scotty is someone that I would draft uh barely but he he's he i think was that for most of the year for me and that's kind of what he still is to me but uh i don't know pd how do you how do you feel about uh scotty lewis um so there's a lot of mention of like how athletic he is which is important but using your athleticism that is something that requires feel so he had nine dunk attempts on the year for being that athletic which which speaks to like that he can't make himself available to get dunks. And being that athletic is only as valuable as your ability to make it impact the game. Um, and I think that that's like really, really scary for an older guy. Uh, and an older guy who's been in the spotlight since he was like in eighth grade. Like this is not somebody who became a five-star later on. Like he's been the one to watch since he was like 14 years old. And there still has not been the growth um, in him as a creator or him as a shooter in like six years of like real observation. Um, yeah, so I, that's, that's a concerning thing for me when you look at it longitudinally, it's like this guy still doesn't know how to use the tools that he's had. There's like a, a clip of him doing it like a 360 uh, in like seventh grade. And he still can't use those tools to make an impact on the offensive end. And like, that's a really hard bet to believe that at like at age 21, 22, that's just going to suddenly click. The one thing I'll say in his defense is that even even while being like the kind of train wreck off the ball that I described, he was still a stock monster. Two and a half percent steal percentage, four point seven percent block percentage, while having no clue what was going on. So I think that the athleticism does show up. Uh, it's just like in spite of all that, he still manages to struggle to positively impact the game on a possession by possession basis. But yeah, I I just I don't really fully understand what the appeal with him is like it, it's a it's a, another classic case of you should be drafting functional basketball skills not a guy who can jump really high in an empty gym or not even a guy who can who can jump really high in an actual game and you know block shots and get steals like even fairly frequently if everything else is so bad yeah, yeah. i think at the point of oh i think to the point where you know another guy where functional strength and and just size is an issue because like even if you you really think like Scotty's a great on ball defender, which he can be. Like he's not a big wing defender. Like he's six foot five and skinny. Like, like like he doesn't have the functional strength or the length or the height to like play up in guard threes. So he's basically like a two guard defender um, at best. And like he, like he might be like a really good two guard defender because like he he is great on the ball. He's super quick and gets stocks. Um, but yeah, like that's just not a super valuable thing, especially with like how how lost he is. I mean, I think the playmaking definitely is valuable and hopefully like as he matures more as a basketball player, he can kind of rein in some of like the total space cadet um, nature that he is. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just like defense, like a guy who's like 
a stocks guy who isn't big. Like like if he was like six six or six seven, that would be a different thing. And I think there's a lot of thing like people don't consider as much with Scotty that he really isn't that big um, for a guy who's like projected as a wing um, who's like ve- very obviously not a guard. Um, he he was talked about. As if, like, when if you listen to someone describe Scotty Lewis, you would have thought that they were talking about who Isaac Okoro actually was in high school. Yes. Like, this yeah. this physically dominant wing stopper who's, like, a crazy athlete and a brilliant defensive player. Like, that's how Scotty was described, and it was so obviously not true. Meanwhile, Okoro wasn't getting the same treatment until he had an awesome freshman year when Okoro really was that player. Like, the entire appeal of Scotty made sense if you'd never watched him. But that's what Okoro actually was. So, like, Scott, Scotty's, like, definitely didn't live up to that because that's never what he was. But the I think what people thought Scotty was is appealing. It's just that's not what he is. Yeah, I think that there's a halo effect from, like, Scotty has the, like, Isaiah Stewart intangibles where, like, everybody who talks to him is like, I'm willing to vote for him to mm-hmm. be in office this very second. And, yeah, like, yeah. you want to believe that that dude is going to be successful. You want to believe that he's going to figure out his feel issues. I just have so many questions about how it works and the clock has, I think expired on him being like a primary or secondary. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, the biggest issue about him being small is that if he guards wings, that means that's more actions to defend uh, off ball. If he's, if he was a straight one defender, I would have less worries because you could just give him the J.R. Smith treatment of like, you have this guy, do not look away ever. Um, you just guard the ball. But if he's guarding, you know, twos or threes, they're going to run him off pin downs and flares. And like, he's going to be in trouble. Because his brain is like stocks, 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 stocks. And that leads to ball watching. And ball watching in the NBA leads to you turn your head and the ball's in the corner on a, a whip pass from pick and roll. And, you know, a guy whose sole job is to shoot 39% three is hitting the three and your ass is on the bench. Like, yeah, I can just before, see that playing out so easily for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I think that he could be good as a, like, lead guard defender. It's just, like, you run into team building problems there where, you like, he's not... He's not not only your primary creator, he's not the second guy. He's probably not even the third guy. Scotty is like your fourth or fifth best offensive player on the floor at all times. Uh, and when th- when that's what you're putting up with on offense to get, um, you know, a, like a pretty good guard defender or maybe even a very good guard defender, it's just almost definitely not worth it. Yeah, it goes back to the point I made last episode about like fifth offensive players where Scotty is like almost certainly going to be your worst or maybe your second worst offensive player. And unless he's like a really elite defender, it's hard to add positive value, especially when you go like later into the playoffs when, when teams will just like totally play off you. Um, it's just more difficult to be a good NBA player. And I think before we move on, like as like PD kind of briefed on, it's like worth, like I would like to mention that Scotty is just like an incredibly good human and just very, very cool. Um, and again, like a guy who's easy to root for, um, just like not even beyond like the fun stuff he does on the court. Just like clearly like a very very good guy. Um, like it has like a lot of passions of outside of basketball. So yeah, I mean just like again like Sky Lewis is like someone I'm gonna root for, um, and, and hope he improves. But it's like, like a lot of on court skepticism at this point. Finally, I get to take a break from eating crow because I was low on Brian Antoine. Do you guys, uh, PD, you want to you want to uh, share what your thoughts were on Scotty Lewis's teammate uh, or pre college teammate Brian Antoine? Yeah, so I was uh, I was really really high on Brian Antoine, and that was made better by like him going to Villanova, which I thought was like the most seamless fit of his uh, player development needs 
and his like on-ball creation skills. I thought this was just going to be a perfect marriage. Um, I did not know that the extensive kinesio tape on his shoulder was for a, uh, a severe injury that he was playing through for most of his senior year. And the one that made his freshman season basically, in, uh, I mean, Synergy doesn't even track a lot of his actions because they aren't statistically valuable enough to, to bear data from. Yeah, he did just about nothing this year. Yeah, he I put mean, 87 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I mean, he has like almost no like real highlights either. Um, I, like, like the only like play I actually remember um, of, of, of Antoine this year was him making like a slightly late rotation where he was still able to contest because of his physical tools. Um, I, I remember one where they brought him in for a full court defensive possession. Oh, and he totally he to half, he, he yeah. just did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he, and he, he, right he, he hit a couple movement threes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was also pretty high on Antoine. I, I think I had him like the mid twenties. Um, so like not like crazy high, but like relatively high for for draft Twitter. I mean, yeah, just someone who I like believed in a lot as like an on ball creator with, with the crazy burst and like the handling stuff he showed in high school. And I mean, someone who I'm like tentatively like still excited to watch, assuming he can get healthy uh, in the Villanova infrastructure. With I mean, Bay will be gone, but they'll still have like Jermaine Samuels and and Colin and Swider and Cole Swider and. And and of course uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, so still a good a good stru- structure around him, um, of like passing and shooting guys t- to play with him, and then I, like again just like kind of like that super like nuclear potential like burst creator guy that Villanova doesn't have. But again, I mean hard to be super in with like the injury concerns and just not like like losing a whole year of, of development and and time to improve your his feel. I mean because that was really the thing with with Antoine is. Like, like the actual point guard skills were questionable in high school and he lost a year of like lost a year of one, you know, like just getting on court reps and, and getting a chance to improve his field and two, getting a year playing with Villanova of all teams who, you know, is so good, uh, has such an awesome track record with player development, you know, improving guys, basketball skills and just losing a year really, really hurts him. So again, someone like who I liked a lot and I, I'm still pretty hopeful for um, at least long term. Um, assuming he can get healthy, but yeah, I mean, it was a difficult freshman year, you know, not being able to play. Yeah. My concerns coming into the year with Antoine were definitely decision-making and frame. Uh, I mean, he's an impressive athlete. Uh, you know, he, he has, he has some scoring ability, but yeah, I mean, he, he was not my style of player. I'm curious to see what he is next year. It'll be nice to see someone on Villanova who can create advantages uh, but yeah, I'm still pretty skeptical because you know, besides Sadiq Bay. So, <laughs> why why would my why would my opinion have, have changed after 87 minutes? You know, if I was if I was already low on him, um, yeah. I don't know, PD. How did, do you have do you have a strong take on Antoine going forward, or it's just wait and see mode? Yeah, I think that I still just believe a lot of what I saw. Um, on UAA and in high school where like he has enough shift that like Villanova is going to help him for when shift fails. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't get enough counters when they have his body type where he's just, you know, a straight line go. Um, And the shooting seems real to me, like provided the shoulder isn't structurally damaged. He was, let me pull up these synergy numbers real quick Uh, through 16 games. I mean, this is 16 games, what, two years ago now. 
but like he was a very good on on catch and shoot uh, all jump shots in the 60th percentile like there's enough to believe that we have an athlete plus shooting and then just betting on the development circumstance like to me in a class that like is going to have some gaps in it and going to have you know there's a fall off point for everybody i would just suggest like when you're looking at like people like book Knight, like double back to Antoine because this is while not the same player, it's the same basketball archetype and somebody who does have a track record and is in a good development spot. That, that's a fair like, take to me. If if you're if you're saying you know comparing him to Book Knight, then yeah, that that's a fair take to me. But I'm not I'm not buying him as like the top twenty guy that I think some people were on yeah. on the high end had him. No, and I wouldn't have him top twenty next year. Certainly not. I'm waiting to see with the injury, of course. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds slash lines for their best upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Oh no! Those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Thank you Manscaped for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Men, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer, featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Your balls will thank you. Um, next, we've got another guy who was very injured this year, uh, Gonzaga forward Anton Watson. Uh, so some among draft order were very, very high on Watson, who is like a very intelligent, sort of like a combo big type uh I guess some would view him as like maybe even a big wing forward, um, but really, really smart, good defender who has some perimeter skill. My concern with him was as he, he's a bit of a tweener um, or more than a bit. He is a tweener, I think, as a big man kind of where, yeah, his perimeter skill is really nice if he's a center, but he's kind of small for a center. Uh, I, I think he's probably more like traditional four, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think that the perimeter skill level is that high for a you know forward type if that's what he is. But I think I think he's on pace to be a really good college player. Um, he, you know, he was. I, I mean, I think he was really quite good as a defensive player at Gonzaga in really small minutes because he was he had brutal injury luck. Like every time that he came back, it was another injury. Um, so I'm not I'm not huge on Watson. I'm probably again like pretty similar to where I was. Uh, but I don't know. Do you, were you were either of you guys like pretty big on Watson coming into the year? I was pretty high on Watson. I mean, I don't trust Gonzaga freshman to play. Um, I just think that it's a uh, programmatic mindset that the people who paid their dues get first touch. Um, 
which we saw some jail and Suggs next year. I think Suggs, <laughs> you know, clears that wall just with um, the RSEI and, you know, necessities yeah. required, but like for a guy like Watson who didn't have uh, a national push and national eyes, um, it's easier just to kind of keep him in the tuck. I mean, even Drew Timmy, who is, you know, extremely heralded, probably sat down more than what numbers and the eye test would tell you about, you know, other people who played over him. Uh, <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing with Watson that, like, the lesson that I like, learned was, like, even the injury luck, he wasn't going to get it to play as much as he needed to to be a top 15 guy, which, like, was where some people had him based on the the AAU tape and the limited high school stuff that was out because he was extremely good in both. Yeah, and Watson, like, was pretty good when he did, act, like, play this year. I mean, again, like, the he didn't play a lot, but, like, I thought the passing and, like, the feel on both ends was as great. It was as good as advertised, I thought. I mean, I, like, like, I vividly remember him, like, like really having success carving up Washington's zone, um, you know, with his passing. And then being, like, a successful team defender, you know, at his size is, is, is pretty valuable. But, yeah, I mean, just – Got to get him in the rotation and then get him healthy uh, before. I mean, yeah, like, like, I mean, I mean, if you just look at his indicators here, I mean, two assisted turnover ratio, four and a half steal, four block, like, like, he, like he, he got to the, he got to the line too, like over 50 free throw rate. Like he was good when he played. Um, but you had to put the Gonzaga filter over top of that. Yeah. Like, you don't know how much of that is like, here's a perfect scheme for you. Yeah, that's um, definitely true. And Gonzaga is a good, a good spot for him. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, I'm excited to see him healthy next year, though. Especially, yeah. I mean, I'm not excited that, that Tilly is gone, but uh, that does clear up a lot of minutes. Um, some other people will still be there, but uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see plenty of Timmy and uh, and Watson. Uh, they're both good. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's it's hard to be too high on Watson, but I think it's also hard to be too low because he is just like a high field guy with pretty solid physical tools uh, and. I think like reasonable perimeter flashes. Um, uh, so, I mean, long-term, how, how are you guys feeling about Watson? Fairly optimistic. I mean, uh, assuming he can stay healthy, which again, I mean, hopeful he doesn't have a similar, you know, career track to, to Killian Tilly where he's just never able to stay on the floor. Knock on wood there. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, like I, I tend like, Again, like really, I feel on both ends. Um, it, physical tools are, are strong, and he's in a great spot for his development and for his deployment. Um, I mean, I just have you know again playing with Jalen Suggs. If he gets healthy, that'll be a fun duo. Uh, Drew Timmy is good, like, like you said. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have like relative optimism. Optimism again, like I had Watson as like a mid twenties kind of guy coming in, um, mid late twenties, and I feel similarly. See, so yeah, I mean, not like crazy, like lottery kind of high, but like I, I have, I have high hopes for him going forward as like one of the better returners in in the class. So. I might have him higher than twenties, just because I believe that Gonzaga is going to put him in the perfect situation. Um, I don't think that they're going to really knock out his shooting so much um, as they have with other people who's there, like other people who need to shoot to be valuable. Like he's going to show enough that few depressing big man shooting isn't going to be central to his evaluation. Um, that being said, like, I just think that there's so much there that he's also not going to be exposed in any real way. Like, I don't think there's a danger of him absolutely falling off unless he gets hurt yeah. again. Like the college God, Killian Tilly. Yeah. Sadness. 
Okay. Uh, should we move on to our final guy, Harlan Beverly? Yes. Let's move uh, on to Harlan Beverly. Yeah, Ben, I think you were a huge Harlan guy coming yeah. to you. you want to? I was pretty big on Harlan coming. Yeah. I, I, like, like when I first watched him, I was higher. I, I, I think I ended up with him in like the 40s on my ended up preseason board. Um, and like, yeah, I was just such a big Harlan fan. I uh, didn't play any shoe circuits, I believe. So it was definitely underranked, I think, in, in RSCI. And he play, played a Montverde with uh, Cade and Precious and Moody. And it was really, really quite good. Um, he's an awesome athlete. Um, you know, crazy leaper, pretty quick. Um, had like legitimate, like live dribble passing flashes with both hands. Showed some really nice versatility and craft there. Um, and then defensively, it was just super smart off the ball. Has, has like, outlier good hands on the ball. Was, like, a pickpocket god. Um, but, I mean, the issues with him, which, which I mean, I overlooked and were, were more evident in Miami, is, one, just, like, what is his role on offense? Because, like, he's – I don't think he's good enough as a passer. He's not good enough as a passer, at least at this point. And definitely wasn't good enough as a dribbler to, to, to be a one. And the shot, I mean, I, I have some belief in the shot, at least as a spot-up shooter, but, like, as a pull-ups, like, from a pull-up standpoint, it was never that great, and it still isn't. And then just, like, the frame, you know, six foot four is fine, but he's really, really skinny. Um, but I do think he improved quite a bit as the season went on anecdotally, and he had some really nice games towards the end of the year. Um, at, against NC State was pretty good. Um against Florida State um, was pretty good. Like, sh- showed a lot. I think his handling is a little better. Um, and, again, like like that, like, legit ambidextrous, like, high-level passes are there. So, it's like, someone I'm excited to see um, next year, how he progresses. But yeah, I mean, someone who I liked a lot in high school um, and tentatively pretty, up, like, excited to watch it. So, yeah, I mean, PD, what were your thoughts on, on Harland coming out um, in, in, before college? Uh, I loved Harlan and Montford, um, just because he was part of just like that hellacious defense where they could throw, you know, three or four different dudes at you who you're like, I don't, you get Harland, you get Moody, you get Dariq, you could throw Kate on there when you wanted bigger bodies. There was, there was really nothing you could do um, with that, that guard you know, quartet. Um, and the issue is that he's a combo guard who can't dribble or really shoot and playing at a school that doesn't have uh, a jumbo initiator makes those really, really hard to overlook if they don't change. Uh, it's the being under ranked hurts him there because if he were to get into a place that had five stars next to him, especially on the, like on the wings, he would look a lot better because then he could, you know, use the sort of like the Beverly comparison is made obvious, like a lot just because of the quick hands um, and, you and know, the name share some other reason. Yeah. And some other reasons. Um, but I think that the situation isn't, great for him um he shot what 21 percent from three is that yeah he didn't take a lot um he shot 21.9 percent on 64 three so that's 14 for 64 yeah not great it's just one of those has to change either he has to be a better shooter or he has to be a better volume shooter uh and the dribbling has to improve i think that there's a, a a good chance that he gets there as a junior or a senior um where you know the the pickpocketing is so valuable and the shooting has become reasonable. And I think that I have pretty solid faith in that, but for next year's draft is pretty dicey just based on the development track that he's on. Yeah. I mean, he'll have like Earl Timberlake next to him who is like a five-star, but I don't think he's all that great. Um, and again, like, um, he, I mean, he has like a pretty interesting backcourt duo backcourt partner in uh, what's his name? Isaiah Wong, who was kind of good at the end of the year. So yeah, I mean, 
interested to see where he goes. Um, probably a futures guy, but someone I adore watching. So, yeah, he was in a, like a really unusually optimal situation in high school, playing next to Cade, where he got to. He's like the rare guy who got to play the like off ball point role next to a jumbo initiator in high school because he was playing next to super freak Cade Cunningham. Um, and yeah, that's just like not going to happen in most college situations. Like he, he, Greg Brown and uh, Cade should have all gone to Oklahoma state and it would have made for a wonderful yes. experience, <laughs> but uh, alas, that was so it, fun. Yeah. Should, should we move on now to catching eye guys? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go with this guy who is a 2021 international guy, and that's Roko Perkisian, I believe. I could have totally botched that. that yeah, that, I, I don't know, but I honestly don't know what his name I, is, but I don't I, think that's right. I should have Googled pronunciation. I usually do. That's my bad. But yeah, a really awesome prospect. Probably like the last like top guy I hadn't watched. Um, just like a really incredible athlete and passer at six foot nine. Um I mean, like, I, I've seen a little bit of him in every scenario. The first game I caught of him was in, like, ANGT against a pretty bad team. And it was, like, maybe the most dominant prospect performance I've seen in a long time. First of all, just is such a great athlete. First of all, like, in a traditional sense, like, he will dunk all over you. And then, like, in a functional sense, he's, like, a pretty great mover at his size. Not, like, outlier good, but can flip his hips, can move laterally, and then, you know. Is, is pretty strong too and he has like really really rare outlier passing like passing vision and specifically processing speed um from for a guy at his size and age i mean the speed at which he makes decisions is pretty unbelievable and that's besides like some like a lot of difficult skips and live dribble passes um didn't really like play as much or play as well in aba this year with um Cibona or chibona or however you say it um just didn't really play a role but again like super young like has been dominant at lower levels and like is like pretty clearly a top 10 guy, uh, at least in my eyes. The, the shot is, is is questionable and he's not going to be a creator in the half court. He just doesn't have that level of handle or really on ball on ball ability. But yeah, like as like a complimentary like wing forward type, like is someone I'm like pretty high on like, tentatively going into next year. Yeah. He's one of those dudes that comes out. Like when you look at him, he seems really American just based on like his approach. And it's always encouraging for me when, um, you see guys play lower levels and make them pay every single time down the floor. There's yeah. a certain wiring that bothers me where guys play a lesser talent level and decide to chill. And Rocco has none of that. It's uh, like, oh, this is my chance to get 40. So let's get 40 with 19 dunks. And I I really appreciate somebody that young who understands the, that mentality and, and brings it every single game. Yeah. Following the senseless murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure that we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having an unrealistic career path, if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, if you have feared to express yourself or put your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility. Black creative, under the age of 21, and you submit a project. Graphic design, photography, writing, audio video, journalism, creative writing, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. 
That's scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. He's awesome. I had a couple guys. Uh, I guess first I'll go with Io DeSumo, the combo guard from Illinois. Uh, I was sending PD some clips, but like Io has the worst footwork. Like it's kind of incredible how bad, especially on pull-ups. Not only is he just like wildly inefficient, she needs like five steps to get into it, but like the way he places, the way he like steps into his shots, like he needs to do the precious, like twist his entire body thing to align himself. It's a total mess. Uh, I think he actually shot pretty well on half court pull-ups this year, but his freshman year, he was a total disaster on those. And I think that, I think that he shot pretty outlier well on two point pull-ups this year. Uh, And I mean, even, even like, like planting for a cut, like he, he seems to like plant off the wrong foot. Uh, so his, yeah, his footwork is just like a mess. Um, uh, and that's on, you know, on top of, you know, not being like a crazy vertical athlete. Uh, like he has shake to him. He's, I guess like pretty fast in a straight line, but not super appealing to me as uh, another one of these combo guards who, I don't know. Doesn't really. It doesn't really offer that much. I don't know if you guys have strong IO takes. Don't think he's that great. I mean, again, like like has quite a bit of shift and he's quick, but like another scoring guard kind of type. Yeah, I mean, he had so much hype coming into the year, and then yeah, he did. and then troughed. But then with you know he had so, a pretty yeah. solid statistical season, yeah. and his his stock I think yeah. kind of spiked again to the point where yeah. you have people really talking about him as a serious prospect. Selfish. And- um, I hope he leaves so, so he can get um, Andre Curbelo uh, running the show next True. year. I mean, I think that I, I think uh, go ahead. No, no, PD, go ahead. Um, the thing that jumps out to me watching uh, IO is how unnatural the fusion between the spread offense and pick and roll is. And no one is hurt more than like a guy who has a little bit of a low feel. Like when they went to pick and roll actions, IO looked good. And then when they went spread, they looked good. But when the two happened together on a possession, I always seem to struggle the most and um, I am somewhat concerned about how that looks next year with Curbelo and Miller, just because that offense is what they do like full stop. And uh, that's not a good fit for either one of them and how the willingness to adjust to that is going to be interesting. Uh, And then my other guy was, uh, was a guy that Ben had brought up uh, in a pretty recent episode, Christian Doolittle, the, uh, six seven forward out of Oklahoma because I mean Ben brought up the the pull up shooting thing which is super weird he he never takes spot ups uh like it, it, the ball swings to him he's open he has to take a wonderful pull up uh he cannot he will not shoot spot ups um but the like he's even weirder than that because he's he, like at times looks like a very good passer I think that a lot of his impressive passes are like just simply executing sets uh and he does it like quickly and effectively but like it you know there's no thinking going into that but he does have some some actually pretty nice uh like I, i've seen a couple uh passes on on the roll that while slow are pretty nice um and i think like in the in the middle of a zone like again like kind of slow but uh, but like a pretty nice like skip to the corner um so the processing speed is not good. There's not a ton on the move, but I just wanted to shout out that he is like the weirdest prospect. He's really, really He's bizarre. So bizarre. But I, I mean, like I, I, I tend I, to be like relatively positive, but like yeah, I mean strange. 
like he has a lot of good things to like let you like like i mean like there's like he was like the best six foot seven plus pull-up shooter in the country this year like yeah and like ridiculous like it was late in this in this texas tech game they, they were winning by a lot so texas tech just went like you know crazy pressure defense just like trying to force turnovers trapping everything in the half court so it was wide open but like he broke out a nash layup this guy is like a six seven basically big man uh breaking out nash layups just like <laughs> what an odd player uh he he, like takes terrible shots but like makes a lot of them because he's a really really good pull-up shooter um yeah what a weird prospect uh i'm like kind of intrigued by him but also like horrified by him i i don't know he's really odd yeah i'd love to get him on a two-way i'd love to get him to play in like a lower level uh international context and just see what happens when you like put him in like brazil and be like you have to you have a 40 percent usage that, he'd that's be like AJ my, Griffin. Oh my god, it'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be incredible. Or like like get him in like Spanish league B. Just let him go to work. He's fun. And I like relatively optimistic. I mean, I I have him like 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 not top sixty and not like in my draftable tier, but like outside of that and like he's like again like someone I'd like to get um on a two way. You know, he he kind of reminds me of Derek Alston. But like better, he's better uh, than Derek Alston. Yeah, but he but kind of similar where like the passing flashes are a bit fake, but like he's actually a really good pull up shooter. Whereas like Alston, if like, Alston could shoot and wasn't like 170 but, pounds soaking wet. Yeah, yeah, but Alston has like has shooting flashes for sure. Yeah, um, he, but yeah, he kind of reminds me of like a better version of Alston. Uh, but he he's someone I need to watch a lot more of. Uh do a little but yeah really just like really odd player uh and kind of kind of weirdly interesting yeah all right uh pd you have guys now yeah i have uh the first one i want to talk about is the um is uh kessler edwards from pepperdine um somebody who keeps coming up in statistical profiles um just because he's a kind of strange prospect that i feel like probably isn't looked at enough for next year uh Listed at 6'8", 200, has, seems to have really long arms. Uh, he also went to Etiwanda, uh, which is a Southern California high school known for producing ridiculous defenders. Um, on 200 and 261 attempts, he's a 40% uh, three-point shooter. Uh, on 175 attempts, he's a 35.7% free throw shooter. If I, just as a person reading that, you think he's a great shooter, but the eye test makes it look really strange. Um, it's it's multiple motions. It's roughly consistent, but it's just not good looking. Um, I think that there's a lot of aesthetic bias against him. Um, when he plays against high major competition, he's a ball stopper completely. He had a 1.6 assist rate versus top 50s uh, as a freshman, and then it jumped up to 7.4 as a sophomore. It It concerns me quite a bit that he may need to really shoot to be effective. Um, but he had a 5.4, 5. 5.5, 6.1, sorry, block rate uh, and a 1.6 steal rate as a sophomore. I just think that this is somebody who is going to be a valued second round pick uh, as a shooter who can move his feet okay, um, who gets to the free throw line a good amount and produces there. Um, the 36% free throw rate for a, a shooting four is really good. Um, I just think there's a bunch of tools here that 
would probably be more noticed if he went to a school other than Pepperdine. Yeah, I really like Kessler Edwards. Um, he has some really awesome moments. I mean, I, I mean, first of all, I'm looking at. I think like he, like the way he moves looks kind of weird. Like just the, yes. the way he operates on the basketball court doesn't look normal. But I think in terms of like effectiveness and like efficiency, like getting the spots, like especially defensively, like he's actually quite good as a mover. Um, you know, like like sliding down to cutoff drives, like even on switches and things, like. Like he's really good at that generally. Um, I think like like he looks super weird. Like, like he's not a guy who you like who looks like uh like like a typical basketball player. I guess if that makes any sense. Uh, but he is really quite good. Uh, like I'm a big fan uh, of Kessler Edwards in general, and I like him a lot as like a returner to watch next year because he just does a lot of good things on both ends. I mean, he has some awesome some really awesome team defense games like making like consistently like blowing up actions with, with really good rotations like he's like awesome digging down with his like his arms are definitely very long i i i, I haven't been able to find a number but like yeah he um, didn't play uh he didn't play yeah. sneaker circuit yeah. like, so he there's not there's not that kind of data for they him. must be at least like plus three or four like here. i would say five five looks yeah. right to me yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. He has a really, really long, and I think he he could be like a legitimately great um, defensive player. Just the issue with him as a prospect is like, what does he really do on offense? Because like you said, I mean, against like like it, it is the, the assist rate thing is weird because like against because like in a lot of games he looks really good as a passer. Like like in the, the most recent game I saw of him was like the BYU game where he was just incredible, and like he like he he made a lot of really quick decisions as like a secondary passer. But yeah, like with the ball in his hands on the move, um, doesn't really do much as a passer, and like again, like he like has these flashes of like bursts attacking off the catch, or like 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 a, like a crossover into a pull up, and and you'll just be like, what on earth is this guy doing? But I mean, those just aren't consistent at, at this point. And like again, like this shot looks weird, and I'm definitely more skeptical skeptical than the percentages. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like Kessler is like super fun to watch. And like Pepperdine, like as a whole, is awesome to watch. I mean, with you know, Colby Ross is like one of my favorite like small scoring guards in the country. And like, assuming both of them, what was saying? Uh, yeah, I think the thing that is most cons- I buy the shot straight up. Like, I think that he is the slow level of shooter. Going back to what I could get from his high school shooting, plus this, plus like uh, some some notes on uh, the AAU shooting from people. It seems like it's real. The thing that is most interesting to me is that he took 18 shots off the dribble last year. Yeah. Which I mean, speaks to the utility of the jumper. Like once you see it once, you're like, okay, I see why he can't get this off the dribble. So his handle has to improve to the point that he gets such separation that he can get it off. But I would be so interested to see what junior year Kessler Edwards can do off the dribble. Yeah. Three. I because like if Kessler. he can get off the dribble threes, then we are talking about an all time draft Twitter favorite weirdo prospect. Honestly, like I'm surprised he hasn't gotten like because he really has no hype in draft Twitter. Like, like there's like nobody talks about him, but like he's good. Yeah, like, and like he's the type draft Twitter loves. Like he's like, like he has the tools. He's like a crazy good team defender. Like, like, like he makes like like he like he makes the most like clippable rotations <laughs> on defense. And then like, I think it's has, I think it's the aesthetic bias. There's no other explanation yeah. I have. Is yeah, that? I, I mean, like, it's not even Pepperdine because, like, like, like everyone acknowledges Pepperdine is like a fun team to watch because everybody loves Colby Ross, like, and rightfully so. Like, so again, like, assuming Ross comes back, which I think he probably does, um, 
I guess he does. Pepperdine's going to be awesome to watch. Um, hopefully I can get out to see them in person uh, next year, you know, assuming all, yes. all hasn't frozen over. But Every time people bring up Colby Ross, I'm waiting for the discourse to turn to the much better prospect, which in my eyes, which is Kessler. And it just doesn't, yeah. despite the fact that he has, like, almost Matthew Hurtish shooting numbers. Yeah, I mean, just by virtue of Kessler being, like, not a small point guard. Yeah. Like, um, dope. And then I just want to keep setting records every time I'm here talking about younger <laughs> prospects. So we are going oh to talk God. about some 2024 draft prospects. I think, that's, uh, I think that is, like, actually, like, the youngest we've gone, right? Yeah, I mean, Dariq was the youngest last time because he was born in 04. Um, so I think this wins. Uh, I would like to talk about uh, Marquise Mookie Cook from Jefferson, Oregon. Uh, he is a six-seven wing with a plus five-ish, plus six-ish wingspan. Uh, really interesting creator for a freshman. Uh, he played in Iolani this year uh, and held his own. He still goes quiet from moment to moment, but he's an on-ball creator in a really like fun way. His jumper looks really nice. Um, he's somebody who uh, I'm excited. I was really excited to see in UIBL this year because I, I was hoping that he would play up because there isn't really too much you can do with six, seven creators like that. And um, the, the most interesting thing going forward is possession by possession impact um, and how he locks in uh, as a defender. Again, once you have somebody with that measurements, you just put them all in a pool and try to keep tabs on them as much as possible. We're a long way away from the 2024 draft, but uh, <laughs> if you can, if you could, if you're a person who has access to, um, to Iolani, and I think there's some games on YouTube along with, you know, the, um, the, the pay side stuff, uh, I would recommend giving that a look. Tremendously interesting guy. Uh, one, probably like a top five kid in the country for 2023. Yeah. So again, we, we keep setting records on the prep to pro pod. Um, at some point we're going to end up making it the preschool to pro pod. Um, Never. We um, do not, we, we do not condone the rating of anyone. If you have not played high school games, you don't matter. Like you gotta, <laughs> I got to see it versus somebody. Um, uh, if you see somebody rank fifth graders, uh, let them know they're a fraud and a scammer. Let's talk about like the youngest Bagley. Uh, like, like he's like the number one prospect from like what, like the 29 class, like 28 class. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, there's another, there's like two more McCurs in the mix somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's just see how many more, uh, you know, lineages we can shake out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can keep setting, setting records in this podcast, but yeah, um, I think that'll do it for part two. Um, again, thank you so much to, for, to PD, uh, for always, you know, heeding our request and, and, and coming on the show with us. We all, we love having conversations with him and the listeners. You, you all seem to love listening to him as, as you should, cause he's super smart. Um, makes really cool content, had a really great Desmond Bain breakdown that you all should go read. Um, if you have the time, which you sh- which you might not, because it'll take you five hours to get through it. Um, but yeah, I it's mean, not that bad. This one's like twenty pages. It's mostly clips <laughs> of him shooting from half court. Like I don't know what more you want from me. I I, I, I mean, I, like I didn't say it was a bad five hours. Like 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 it was one of the more enjoyable five hours I've had over the last couple months. But like it, it, like yeah, again, it, it's a good one. Um, you could definitely waste away a whole day, or not waste away. You could use a whole a whole day reading all of his things. So, could do that, and yeah. Um, make sure to follow the pod 
at uh, prep number two pro pod. Um, like I said, we're very close to 100 reviews. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode goes live, um, we will be there or beyond that. But if we're not, and even if we are, um, those reviews and ratings are really, really helpful. So, and we appreciate so much everyone who says very nice things about us. It warms our heart, at least mine. So yeah, keep leaving reviews. Um, keep 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 listening. And yeah, you can follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. You can follow Max at Max like Harlan. And you know, unless anyone else has anything uh, final they'd like to say, uh, I think we're good to call it. I'll just jump in and say same deal as always. Screenshot me the five star review. Get a page breakdown or a synergy clip if you want. Let's get this thing to a hundred. Uh, let's get somebody in a Mercedes with this ad money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know about that, but um, you know, let's I'll get take, let's get I'll let's take, get better power source. Yeah, let's get Max a new computer with that <laughs> with the with with the ad money. So yeah. Um, that'll be a fun, that'll be a nice goal. So yeah, um, uh, enough rambling for us. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you all next week.